Sarah. How has your week been? Definitely a weird week. I think I'm in a little bit of a rut, honestly, if I'm being honest. So I'm here to talk things out. I was saying to Nathan that I'm so glad that birthdays only come around once a year because I think my body would just literally give out. I would not survive. See, I don't know. Sometimes I'm the opposite. I love when it's my birthday and I love it when it's other people's birthdays. So I do love the energy that birthdays bring. I don't know why, but when my birthday comes around, I love myself more. I'm ready to go have fun. I'm excited for summer to start. All the good times start to dwell and you can feel that fire igniting inside of you. And it just literally puts you in a different headspace. Yeah, definitely being summer baby, spring baby, huge advantage on the birthday scale. Winter babies, sorry guys. It's just depressing. Close to Christmas, you get no love, pretty much. Don't. And I I feel bad because it's almost like we accidentally don't have that same energy to bring to it. And I feel bad because it's not that your birthday is not important, obviously. (laughs) It's just no fun. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to fucking go out in the cold Mm and the rain? And you can't really wear what you want to wear. And I feel working out in the winter, just an absolute no just with anything in Newfoundland in the winter, birthdays, Christmas, no matter what it is, the weather just ruins it. It's so it everybody does. pretends like they aren't bothered by it. Birthday kids are like, yeah, it's fine. I don't care. It's my birthday. I love myself. But then it's shit. Hose don't get cold. That is true. But your toes can get frostbite. You know what I mean? <laughs> toes get cold. Not hose, toes. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Generally love birthdays, an excuse to love yourself. I don't understand people who don't enjoy birthdays. They hate their birthday. It depends on your family dynamic growing up too. Like how did your family celebrate your birthday? Did you feel good on your birthday? Was your birthday like not really important before? So now you're like, I don't really care. Like it's just another year, especially since the pandemic. I'm just super excited for each year to come to keep getting better, to keep getting smarter, to keep growing, try to be the best version of myself. And that's why 25, I think is going to be the year. Mm. Knock on wood. No quarter life crisis coming your way. I mean, I feel like I've had a quarter life crisis every year from 20 to 25. You know what? I kind of feel like you have to. Maybe the next five years will just get a little bit better, honestly. The sun's out. I'm staring at the water right now here at my house. Nothing can bring me down, I don't think. Mm. Bought tickets to go to Montreal on Friday. So yeah. And see, the birthday celebrations are still happening. And that's why life is good. That's for true. You. That's true. And then it's literally get through being in Halifax, not get through because I love it up here, but to get home to my friends to really just pop off this summer Mm -hmm. and have a great, yeah, exactly. And to have a great fucking time. That's the energy I want everyone to bring. Fucking work hard, play hard, look good, feel good. That's the goal for this summer. And if you're not bringing that energy, then just, you know, sit down. (laughs) Summer in St. John's, Newfoundland this year is going to be wild. It's going to be an absolute fucking riot. George Street Fest is happening again. Blueberry Festival is up and on to go. Shout out to the boys in Brigus. Can't wait to get out there. (laughs) There's also Iceberg Alley around my birthday. That's true. The pedestrian mall is just top fucking tier. Yeah. Top tier. Summer living. Summer loving. Just everyday drunk on the street outside. (laughs) Those of you listening... (laughs) For those who even aren't listening, this one's for you. The Pedestrian Mall in St. John's is awesome. I'll be start local. (laughs) 
afford to stop after this i would probably stop too but um no <laughs> it's all the restaurants in town they put up big patios they build them and it's so cool because some of them have now built them specifically for the kind of vibe that the restaurant is it's the best way to figure out like what places are cooking what like what do you like for the summer different vibes are you into mexican food do you want more like home style food do you want nachos do you want like fine dining and you can do that literally in the sunshine all day long then oh, yeah. after getting a couple of drinks couple street corn from cojones shout out to cojones love it <laughs> not sponsored wish you'd sponsor me but you know um yeah just and like going to have a good time. by the way it's not cojones cojones jonies <laughs> hashtag sunday not sessions cojones. love cojones <laughs> it actually yeah. means balls so like big cojones <laughs> that is where it comes from and it's the energy that we all need to fucking <laughs> imagine for ourselves big old cojones this summer <laughs> ladies i've been saying to my friends you don't have to have your balls out your lady balls out you don't have to be like rubbing them in people's faces like you don't need that type of big dick energy big ball mm -hmm. energy what you Nobody gotta do that. ladies no you gotta take your lady balls and you have to make a nice little like shoulder purse out of them very stylish you don't have to be mm. swinging it around and when you have to fucking show your lady balls this summer i hope you all just fucking take that purse and you whap someone in the head with it just keep <laughs> i mean yeah definitely <laughs> Just tell everybody to use your lady balls and use them as a purse and hit people with them. It's not yeah. strange at all. No, but to what this episode is actually about <laughs> this week. The reason we are here. The reason that we came here, that's because we get... The therapeutic this is what side of this. <laughs> Not just not us just, laughing at our pain. Not just our pain. No, last week's episode, we really got into it, but that's because <laughs> it's hard not to really get into something and to be intense with something. And like listening to myself back on the audio, I could tell when I got really passionate, fired up about something because it's so intense and it makes you feel a certain way. And there, That's good though. Yeah, and it has to be a little bit serious sometimes, but obviously talking about cojones in this episode and talking about something a little bit more serious, but it's kind of funny, is just the family dynamics and society. We all got families, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Something everybody can relate to. Something everyone can relate to. And I think the family dynamics have definitely changed versus, say, even our parents and their parents, the size of the family, who were the breadwinners, and just kind of how the size of your family affected you a lot of people if your family was like two or three people that's a lot different than when your family is eight and ten people and you're probably growing up a bit more poor and with a little bit less than a lot of people well i don't know see everybody i personally feel like my own family is very different it's different dynamic than a lot of people's families and in today's society for sure but then again probably everybody feels like that everybody thinks their own family is different Everybody's family has their own secrets as well, but... I feel like everyone's family has their own secrets, and I also think that everyone thinks that their family is weird. Nobody wants to talk about it. No, no one wants to talk about it, and it's so funny how families, no matter what, people think that your family is a certain type of way because of financial situations, housing situations, how you look, how you talk, they just base you off of your family instead of not actually knowing what goes on behind closed doors mm -hmm. even at the bay a lot of people seem a certain way but in reality it's probably 10 times worse <laughs> yeah very guilty of doing that and just being like if anybody has some kind of red flags or anything like that with boys especially i'm always like well you know what it's definitely because of his family his exactly. family got him done fucked up, exactly. which may be true, maybe not. But because everybody's too afraid to talk about it, you never really find out. For whatever reason, your family 
and this family trauma is just something so personal and such a part of you that once you do share it with somebody, you're like, oh, fuck, this person knows this huge thing about me. And it's it's probably something they're never, ever going to think twice about. Once you tell somebody, it's like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> I feel like no one actually really talks about it, but everyone actually knows about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just so interesting to, to wonder what other people think of you or if they know that and what they, have they perceived that and is it a topic of conversation to other people's families? Like your mm-hmm. so-called big secret, but not really a secret at all. Yeah. See, and it's bad because, you know, I want to say that the Bay is especially bad for that. I mean, maybe other places are too. Bay is bad. <laughs> well, I think the Bay is so bad too, because if you, a lot of people are related. Yeah, it's small. And a lot of people are related. And the issue with that is, is that you're not going to tell a stranger you're shit but you're probably going to tell your aunt or you're probably going to tell your brother or your sister or you know you're going to tell someone and then they're not going to just tell anyone but then they go and tell their best friend their aunt or uncle whoever and next thing you know it one person from every type of family in your community now knows Mm. because they could not tell their best friend they could not tell their so-and-so and then they find out information and then you don't even realize the gossip and the news that's going on and sometimes it's sad and say people passing and things like that and all but like other times it's like real life shit crazy too because like what is it about these family secrets you just gotta tell one person you gotta tell someone you can't just keep it in i guess it's like most secrets in general everybody has to tell at least one person there has been a very small percentage of secrets that i've been told that i've actually not told anyone (laughs) 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 i have done it i'm gonna i'm gonna say this right now but (laughs) And, you know, don't be afraid to tell me anything. I think everyone needs to reevaluate this. <laughs> no. If you told me a secret. It depends uh, on the depth of the secret. Like, if it's something that yes, you're probably going yes. to tell someone anyways, then does that really matter? You know, say if I know that you're going to tell me something, but you'd probably go and tell your sister. I don't know. Or you go and tell Liv. Or you go and tell, you know, one of our other close friends. Eh, you know, eh. But if I'm actually telling you something deep, dark, and something that would ruin me as a person... <laughs> then maybe you would have to keep that one on the hush hush, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But my family dynamic is also really odd and funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Trauma. Noted. Uh, So biological father and my mom together till I was four. Then my mom finding someone else and then being in my life for a significant time, like 15, 16, 17 years. Then that man also had Harvey, shout out my real dad. He- Love you, Harvey. You're you're something else. (laughs) He also had a family of his own and my brother and sister. Janet and Nick, we all grew up together since I was super young. So, but they lived in Boston. Come home and hang out with us in the summer, and then we go up when you know, say Janet graduated high school, or we went up there like on vacations, and we stayed there. And so there was that dynamic. Then not really having a dad, then getting a dad, and then my mom breaking up. They broke up. They weren't happy. Blah blah blah. Things shit. You know, shit happens. Things change. Then my mom getting a, a boyfriend, and then <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. And then that person going. And now, see you later. Adios, smell you never. And then Dolores coming out as 
being into women and now my mom being in that relationship and seeing her change into person she's wanted to be a lot for a long time but only just come to terms with that and I think as society has changed that's allowed her to be able to grow into herself and she's a lot more happier now as a person because she doesn't have to be all these other people and not saying that you know she's been feeling like this for a long time or blah 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 but like you know shit happens things change and I think it's nice that we have families and society now that can allow people to be themselves and I feel like a lot of families were in certain dynamics way back when because a lot of people couldn't be themselves and they had to settle down and they had to get married and they had to have kids and you know it was very structured Mm -hmm. yeah and family roles as well you know a lot of the time it was a big family the man went out and supported them the wife stayed home she cooked she cleaned she took on that domesticated role well also i guess too it also had to do with women not having rights and and not being a man (laughs) yeah But that's just how it was. That's how things were. And people were okay with that because that's all they could amount to. Yeah. And that's as much as how that has changed in today's world, our generation still is kind of rigid with their beliefs and whatnot. But our parents, they're like still in the middle of that like you said, like your mom, like she's kind of only now adjusting to the freedom to be who she wants to be. And I think a lot of people's parents, like our age, their parents are still struggling with that internally. Who am I? Who am I? Exactly. And I think when that was how society was, and a lot of these people like our age are growing up, they're moving out of the house, they're getting families and lives of their own and, and blah, blah, blah. Now that it's just you and your partner at home, what do you have mm. that's not just that family role? Like, who are you now that you don't just have to take care of a family and just be in a certain mold? I feel like it's great now that society is changing. Our generation specifically just want a lot of people just to be happy happy and to be who they are and I think that scares a lot of the older generation because they're just so used to things this is how things are this is the way they are but realistically the standards that society has now adopted or had adopted back then why why does why does life have to be like that why do people have to act a certain way why do family dynamics have to be the woman below the man or like you know why is this so traditional and you know people are afraid of change Mm -hmm. and just because something was a certain way once doesn't mean that's the way it's always it has to be side note people talking about climate change and oh we're so reliant on oil gas and oh everything's reliant on oil gas and like yeah sure that makes sense because that's the way it's always been so it's hard to counteract those points when you're just saying oh we use oil for this and oh we use oil for that and no the transition's not going to happen overnight however what we have been doing and what we are doing currently doesn't it's not working and that relates to society as well and it was like if we just all wanted to work together and just allow people to change and grow and diversity is not something to be afraid of that's what we need to focus on we have to evolve and change or we're going to be stagnant and die basically yeah and see i complain about this a lot too but now that i think about it it's kind of advantageous in a way to our generation we're so willing to change and we're so afraid to be stuck in situations like our parents we don't want to be stuck in a terrible marriage we don't want to be stuck in a shitty job that we hate for the rest of our lives So people our age are more afraid to settle down. I'm one of those people who's a hater on modern day dating and stuff, but like in a way it's kind of better now because people are more willing to try new things and be with people who support them and wanting to change themselves and better themselves. I mean, marriage in general, is it even a stable concept? Can you really like 
be with one person for the rest of your, for years plus and be constantly changing and improving yourself. I don't know. Hmm. I remember someone saying to me one that being with one person is a made up concept. Monogamy. Yeah, exactly. Is it? But again, if so, people have the right to choose what they want to do. And I just find it so funny that different people, different families, different whoever have so much to say about these situations mm. when it's not even your fucking life. I mean, people are afraid of divorce because of the money. If you were rich, if I was rich, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd probably marry whoever, like get married a bajillion times. I believe in soul to soul connection and being with someone who betters you and makes you want to be a good person and allows you to understand yourself so that you can better understand the situation that you're in. Like I always say, like me and Nathan, I always say there's us, you and me in a relationship. And if you don't know who you are, like we said in the last episode, like you can't work on the us and the me part isn't fixed. Then the us part is not going to be fixed. Moves microphone down. Yeah. <laughs> To make it look like yours but uh, yeah and see the older generations i mean i hate to be the person who's like oh man my my generation's fucking better than yours blah 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 because that's that's what boomers do i'm not a boomer so <laughs> but i mean it's what it is we, we see so many people people's parents who are just in bad situations and now see i guess i can talk a little bit about my family here so I'm the youngest of five siblings, all the same mom and dad. Whenever I was growing up and I told people that, they were like, oh my God, five siblings. That's crazy. Your parents are insane. <laughs> like, okay, they're actually not together anymore. Because, yes, that's my next thing. So, child of divorce. My, um, my parents split up when I was four years old. So, split up family has been pretty much what I've known my entire life. And a lot of people, when their parents split up, it really has an effect on them. And I would say that it most definitely had an effect on me. But those effects kind of <laughs> last. Oh, can you tell them the pee story? <laughs> Okay, let me get to that after. That has nothing to do with, I don't think that has anything to do with my parents' divorce. But uh, if you do, let me talk to me about it after, I guess. You think there's something I need to work out there. But um, yeah, so to be honest, I think that the effects of my parents' divorce kind of happened to me a lot later in life. Like it kind of affected me a lot later, I guess, because I just saw both of my parents kind of talk about one another in a way that I didn't really like. My parents were completely civil, honestly, when it came to the divorce. Like I wouldn't have known it was going on aside from the fact that they told me and we had separate houses. <laughs> I never saw them fight once. Yeah, towards the end of it, as I got older, my mom more so was more willing to talk to me about it. And I was happy that she was able to talk to me about it, but it also kind of it affected me in a way. I didn't really want to hear it. You know, it's a tricky situation when you finally become friends with your parents. But yeah, when I was young, it was just normal for me to have two different houses and whatever. And I remember, well, I remember when I was younger, my mom told me after that uh, I used to come home from school and be like, oh my God, now I'm the only one in my class whose parents are divorced, blah, blah, blah. And a little, my mom being like, oh, Sarah, it's coming for those people. <laughs> And oddly enough, it did happen. It's definitely hard to separate that, but 
Putting your issues as an adult on a child when it comes to your happiness and the decisions you made and the partner that you're with, I don't think that's fair to put on a child or even at any age because it does fuck you up. It does. No matter it's what, a- you, you can't unhear it. You can't pretend like it doesn't affect you. And you're not, I'm not even sure why that stuff affects you, but like it does. And it makes you grow up before you're ready. And I think that people deserve to make an opinion of a parent or a friend or whoever based on their own issues with them and their own interactions with them. And to just shit talk someone that's important to you, it just makes it seem like you're just trying to paint them in a bad light and maybe they aren't the greatest person ever or maybe they aren't a great parent or a great friend or whoever but just let me form that opinion on my own yeah and especially with parents too like somebody saying that to you it's like what like this person is my parent like you're telling me that i don't really know them it's just it might not be what it's gonna be about but that's what that's where your mind goes exactly and i think also too not just talking about your relationship with that other friend parent whoever but also talking about finances to children you know i was someone who was always outgoing and always wanted to do a lot of things and i never really grasped the concept that we couldn't really afford much growing yeah. up and because i just wanted to be so involved with everything so that's why I got into things that were sponsored or you know what I mean just like whatever it's not good to ask for something as a child and for your parent to look at you and be like oh I only got $80 left in my bank account and make you feel bad about those things because I also think it's important to teach your kids about money but don't stress them out about money Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's just I mean it's the worst asking your parents for money when you're a kid and they just they don't have it right now it's the worst feeling especially when you have friends whose parents Mm, give them all types of money yeah and you don't realize that and I remember being envious of that and not why can't I have that for you you have five siblings so you know if that's 20 bucks for you that's Mm. 20 bucks for the rest of your siblings that's a lot of money that could be a bill yeah and see to be honest I did not have it hard growing up my mom and dad both had really good jobs of the times I wasn't able to do five sports or something like that you know I felt so deprived and I really wasn't just how you feel yeah and it was just it sucked not being able to do stuff and it was probably because of my parents divorce too at the same time because they wouldn't be communicating about where their money was going so it was just there was a time when it was all good then all of a sudden it just wasn't we don't get that as kids. Like we don't understand. It's important to make kids feel grateful for money and to teach them a life lesson that money doesn't grow on trees, but to make them feel bad about it is a different thing. I know for you, it's you're feeling bad. But for me, when I look back now, you know, if I would ask my mom for money for something and she just didn't have it, sometimes I would start to, you know, be mad at her. I was a kid. So that's obviously why, but like, I obviously just wasn't understanding. And it's just, I feel bad for complaining and being like, oh, like, mom, please, like, why? No. And that probably made her feel like shit. It was so different. Like, whenever I asked my mom for money and she didn't have it, she would be so sad. She'd be like, you know, it's like, I just can't. It's like, I'm really sorry. You could tell that she wanted to. Whereas like asking my dad for money, he always had it but was not really willing to give it up. I mean, he would. It's just, it would be like, oh, well, Sarah, like, give it to you now. Like, what do you need that for? Like, making me feel bad for asking. And it's like, come on. You're fucking I'm your kid. I want to go, I want to go on the school field trip. And I'd always, in the classic book fairs, I'd always want the toy. None of the books. I'd want the stupid $5 toy. (laughs) I'll just have the $10 eraser. Thanks. Like, for big mistakes. You remember those? (laughs) The big ones. Can I just erase my whole body and just call it quits? <laughs> yeah. Just-
Or the uh, little sea monkeys. I get those too. Or whatever. Oh, the sea monkeys are cool. Know. They were cool. Yeah. We were in that grade five, six era where cell phones were becoming a thing. And like there were the flip phones. And I remember yes. like all the cool people had cell phones. And my mom was like, not only, hey, too fucking young to have a phone. Like, I, where was yeah. I going that I needed? No, I don't. I just wanted it because everyone else had it because it, you had those cool little three games on it. And then B, <laughs> snake. My mom couldn't afford to have a home phone at the time. Her cell phone dad's cell phone if i wanted a cell phone and jordan had to get a cell phone, that's like four hundred dollars that i just couldn't understand yeah which i mean it's it's kind of still crazy i use phone cards for the longest time because i only had phone because my siblings had phones and i would just get the hand-me-down yeah that's the only reason i had phone early i think i got my actual phone which was a samsung uh instinct which was a touch Ooh. phone and everybody would be like is that an iphone i was like no so I was a like, cool bitch when I got my phone. Interactions with your parents. How do you think that has now affected you in the world? It's a loaded question. <laughs> it's made me who I am. So as an adult, it's trickier because you've got your own values and beliefs so instilled and engraved in your own mind. So then you're like, okay, you start to question them as an adult too more. Like I remember during COVID, there was a period of time where I was just staying at my dad's house. I needed to study and I liked that there was no one was ever really there so I was like the quiet and whatever and just eventually my dad is remarried and uh, me and his wife buttheads came to a point where I had to go I was told to go and uh, <laughs> bye <laughs> I was told to go <laughs> of a, uh, an outburst I guess I will say that's happened <laughs> That was very difficult. It was very hard. And even before I left, just living in a house with people that you don't get along with, but like you have to live with them and they're your, your family, it affects you a lot. It affects you a lot in ways that you don't even realize. Living with somebody that you are not on good terms with or you're in a fight, there's like no worse feeling. You can't get away from it. It's like it's always in the back of your mind, even when you're trying to get your mind off of it. You know, just the fact that you're living with somebody and you're not on good terms right now, it's just like this dark cloud that never leaves. This past week too, with my birthday and everything and turning 25, I think the biggest thing I've learned, especially going into St. John's and, and university, and I think moving back out and then moving up here, I realized that because of a lot of the trauma and bullshit that has happened in my life, I was holding on to a lot of anger from when I was a child and not who I am as a person today. And I think when I go out the bay and I am around the people that affected me, it makes me act as a person that I am not more anger outbursts. I'm more, I think, labile with my emotions. And it's because I have unresolved issues that I need to work on with myself so that I can be better around these people. And I think it just sucks going out somewhere and feeling like you're who you were when you were 16 or mm -hmm. you're acting like someone that you're not and you don't identify with that person. So then that's upsetting to back to that because it fucking rudely cut out <laughs> zoom yeah i think the worst thing is feeling a certain way because of them and then i also think it's just years of resentment that's it just is build up i used to think that i had to be less of myself in order to work within my family and to get along with them 
But what I've realized now is that I need to be more of myself. I need to be all the good qualities. Like I'm a good listener. I'm, I can be patient. I can be Mm -hmm. kind. I can be loving. And I just realized this week that I need to be more of that and to be more forgiving. If I can be more forgiving, I think I can let go of a lot of anger that I've been holding on to. Like you said, a lot of resentment from all those years. And at the end of the day, I'm 25 years old. The decisions that my family had to make and how consequently that led me to feeling the way I'm feeling and blah, blah, blah. That was so long ago now in my life. It's not like these things are happening like yesterday or a couple of days ago, you know, a lot of the resentment that I'm holding on to is my childhood resentment. And I've learned this week that in order to grow and to keep growing, I need to forgive that and then just try to get along with them in the best way that I know how. And that doesn't mean forgiving and forgetting. That means just forgiving and then setting, again, healthy boundaries in those relationships so that I can thrive and that I don't feel like when I'm around them, I'm not who I am as a person. Yeah. And it's just, you know, nobody really knows how to be a parent until they become one. And that's something that you don't understand until you get a lot older, too. You know, parents, kids grow and learn things. Your parents are also growing and learning how to be parents. And we don't give them enough credit for it when we're young. You can only kind of do it when you're older. And then half the time, you know, with some people in my family, like they don't like to talk about feelings or be sentimental. They can't, you know, you try to say nice things and talk it out and that kind of thing. And that helps to heal the relationship. And I was actually watching an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race last night and they were talking about this kind of thing. And one lady said she heard a quote or someone told her something and it really changed her perspective. And she was just like, you know, uh, someone told me once to not let the anger that you had as a, a young child affect who you are as an adult. And that's is what you got to do. I 110% agree with that. And I'm only getting that now. A year ago, I would not be saying the same thing. A year ago, I would still be holding on to that negativity and the anger. But at some point, you just need to forgive, learn and grow from it. And I never grew up where in a household where people said sorry when they fought. I grew up in a household. No, I grew up in a household where you have a fight with someone and then get over it. You get over it. it. And you, yeah, exactly. You get over it. You forget it. No, that's not healthy at all. So a, I never learned what it was like for people to fight for someone and to love someone and to apologize and to be nicer to someone that you love and to listen and understand because of my family, if you were talking about how you felt, you were just, Oh, you just hates the world. Oh, you're just angry. Oh, just get over that. Why do you have to be like that? Because there were more, again, like we said last episode, insulted by what is being said instead of processing what is being said. And that led to me having issues in my adult relationships because I had to learn what it was like to have healthy communication. Yeah. And back to this episode of Drag Race Race that I saw, someone said too that, you know, they had a a bad relationship with their mom kind of like, but they're, you know, they love their mom now. They're, they're, they get along now. And, you know, sometimes they just want to be able to talk about the past and how it hurt them and that kind of thing. And the mother will just react and, you know, be like, why are you trying to make me feel bad? And it's like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I have to talk about this in order to heal myself. I think that is my biggest issue. Um, similar to my relationship with my mom. I love my mom. She's such a strong person. She's been through a lot and I respect her. Single moms. Yeah. Single moms coming from a household where, you know, there was a lot of violence before the age of four and five years old, like that really fucked her up. And it also really fucked us up. So everyone was just literally 
I think in fight or flight mode. And that's why it's so hard to get along now because you're just constantly in defense because you're constantly used to having to have your guard up to protect yourself. And you don't know when someone's just trying to better the relationship with you. You just think they're trying to shit on you and bring you down and you don't want to feel like that. So you got to be mean back. And it's this whole cycle, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's communication is key. Be able to talk about your feelings. I mean, it's hard. I'm not perfect. I don't know one is, but it's just, you should be able to talk about things with somebody that is your family or your significant other that upset you. And it shouldn't end up turning into a bigger fight, you know? And when people have these big issues like violence or whatever, that's another thing. Everyone's embarrassed and doesn't want to talk about it. And it's just like, of course, you know, it's very personal. But if you don't talk to anyone about it, it's going to mess you up. Mm. Whatever reason, talking about trauma is what heals. You have a big secret or whatever, and it's it's eating you up inside. The minute you tell somebody, you feel better, instantly feel better. Not completely healed, but it definitely helps. Definitely think the more you let it out, crying, I find is very therapeutic. But the Mm, more you get rid of that negative energy, the more it will not reside in you. And I think eventually if you just you can cry out all of your pain. Mushrooms is one of the seven wonders of the world, because if you're ready to dive into your issues and your trauma specifically, spend your mind. Hippies aren't crazy. Hippies aren't crazy. They knew what they were doing. Again, I think people should do therapy at a young age because Mm -hmm. just because you're in a shitty situation, if you don't have someone there as a person, as an outlet to go to, to talk to, that can teach you healthy communication, that can teach you healthy boundaries, that can teach you to process your emotions and to be okay with them and sit with them and then feel it out. If you don't have that go-to outlet, you're either going to be a product of your environment or you can grow and learn from your environment. Mm -hmm. That's another thing too. That's just, you know, sometimes whether it be a parent or whoever, person's not really listening to what you're saying or they're not really expressing themselves respectfully towards you, it's still going to affect you. But you got to just be aware of it. But that's something that you aren't capable of when you're young. I also don't think that as an adult and as you're maturing, you can just use your trauma also as a cop out. No, absolutely not. Yeah, no. Being like your parents or being like your environment versus actually changing. Yes, I don't think it's valid to use your, I don't even know if people even realize that they're using it as a cop it. And I say cop it in a light term. I just mean in a, in a sense of using that as a reasoning for being like it. Then at your second point, if you're going to do that, if that's, if you are like this because of your trauma, I think you owe it to yourself the second step to then try to fix that. If you're just using that as your reasoning for being who you are without actually trying to work on that, that is an issue. Yeah. And see, that's something too, that I've, when I, when I get hurt by fuck boys and whatever I blame them and I'm like you know what he's so closed off and it's because he's probably so scared and just emotionally hurt that they just they end up hurting other people you know it makes you resent them but at the same time it's kind of like is it fair to resent them for that it's their own trauma that they haven't worked through and I mean it's a hard thing to do I think it's definitely a hard thing to do. And I'm so envious of people having parents who showed them what love was growing up, who showed Mm -hmm. them what how to manage their money without like making them like a financial burden. I think it was super cool. There are so many other parents that I respected just from the way that they had interacted with their children. Yeah, definitely. I mean, both of my parents were really good, but my mom was my home girl. Shout out to Liz. Mm-hmm. Looking she, down. She was always good. And uh, towards the end of her life, she unfortunately passed uh, in November, a couple months ago. Well, 
say a couple months ago, it's probably been five months now. <laughs> Time is just a crazy concept when you lose somebody. But towards the end of her life, we were basically best friends. I could tell her anything and I always knew that she was going to have my back. And it's interesting too, like your mom was a mental health nurse, which also really yeah. benefited you and your siblings. But it's just nice that you could have gone to her. And I think people coming to you, like we said, without judgment, being able oh, to yeah. listen. And I think a lot of it too, is that in society, we put so much importance on other things like money and cars and jobs and what other people think, what other people think. And it's because I think we have built a society that is based on feeding people's egos. And I think that that has resulted in us losing focus of who we should be as a society and where we should stand and what we should value. And that is helping people, helping each other and respecting people and placing value on family again and good communication and good mental health. And I think if we invested more in people than what we do on materialistic things now, because everything is so self-serving, I think you would see a lot more families be happier and able to deal with their shit, but no one has time to do that now. Yeah. And it's just too, when you're young, you kind of, you expect this unconditional love from your, from your parents. I don't know. That's just what they're kind of, that's what they're there for. And then, you know, you want to be accepted for who you are, no matter what you're doing and whatever. And thankfully, both my parents were always, always, always so accepting of all of my siblings, no matter what we were into. Like, <laughs> it baffles me so much to realize that so many people do not have that. It's just crazy. That is something that would just be so, so hard. And I, I can't really relate to it. I can definitely see how that would affect people. I definitely use my grandmother as an outlet for someone that I could go to and who I knew 100% had my back growing up and listened to me and respected me no matter what age I was at. I really sit with the people who don't have that one person to go to growing mm. up because we said earlier that one person can change your whole life. Mm -hmm. No wonder, you know, suicide rates are so high for young kids and, you know, for older adults too, men. And I just think, again, it comes back to investing in people so that they can better take care of other people and they can better take care of themselves. It's more about, you know, actual connections. I mean, I'm going to blame social media here too. Like everybody thinks they're so alone when you see other people posting about all the things that they have and whatever, you know, it makes you feel so alone. And that's definitely affecting younger children now. It affects me still. <laughs> I'm 24 years old. There's nothing like social media to make you feel alone and sad. And what do you do when you're alone and sad? You go on your phone because you got no one to talk to. Which makes you more alone and sad. <laughs> yeah. Crazy cycle. It is a crazy cycle. Parents are nagging you to spend time with your grandparents. And it's like, oh, God, like, I don't want to do this. It's like, oh, you're always going to die. And you're going you're gonna to wish that you did, which is always true. It's always true. And everybody knows it's true, but it's so hard to actually change that. But I always find, too, like whenever, for whatever reason, <laughs> spending time with your family as an adult is just like such a chore. Once you actually go and do it, you usually feel better. You're just like, you know what? This actually was helpful. You know, I had a good time. And just the more you see people, the more, the closer you feel to them. I definitely agree with that. I also think that unless someone is being abusive physically, emotionally, financially towards you, they're actually being a malicious negative 
threat in your life. I, at the end of the day, think family's family. And no matter what, I will always have my family's back. And even though we all might be a little fucked up and that we all might not get along all the time, no one does, but we are a very imperfectly placed puzzle that fits perfectly together, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. I feel the same. If you don't have family to go to, it's just, I think you should always be able to go to them. I 100% agree with that because at the end of the day, who else do you got? Who else you got? You can have some friends that are like family. You can have a friend group that feels like family, like whatever and whoever those people are to you, those people that you know that you got them 100% and they have you at the end of the day. Those are people we got to hold on to. And that's kind of what we talked about in the last episode about like who's worth it in your life. And I remember watching the uh, Medea talking about a tree as a family. And like some people are like branches and then some people are like leaves and some people are the actual like root of the tree. And, you know, roots don't shake, baby. No, I think you can live life as an introvert and be content and happy. It's human nature. You need to have other people to survive. You can't survive alone. You know, I think sometimes seeing people is what's keeping my nan alive right now. So <laughs> just think about when your family comes to visit your nan, older people act around children, just the joy and excitement that it brings back into their lives because someone thinks they're important again. They feel special again. And like, that's all anyone ever wants is to feel important and special and heard and, and loved and loved. Exactly. My biggest issue, I think, growing up was feeling like I could talk to the wall and I would get the exact same response. I was lied to a lot for absolutely no reason and dismissed a lot. And that led to me having a lot of interpersonal issues within myself. Me and my brother growing up were we were close and then we kind of drifted apart. But I think it's because you also have to understand that your siblings are going through a similar situation to you, but they could be having a whole different experience as well. Mm-hmm. And they were just dealing with their own shit. And it's so funny that my brother went away, found himself in the mountains. And then I was away and fucking went off the rails and, you know, came back and just how we both matured and grown and realized like, you know, that's my family. That's my blood. That's, that's my homie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the other thing you got to, sometimes you have to separate it to grow, makes you understand each other better. I a thousand percent agree. I think this has been a great episode. I think it's been therapeutic. I think it's been funny. And I think it's been <laughs> real because we're just so funny. Yeah. I want to thank everyone. Uh, we still have no fucking idea what we're doing. No, no. <laughs> but, but, you know, we wanted to let you guys in, have a little listen to our family dynamics and society uh, episode. Hopefully you can relate and it gives some comfort. Yeah. If you want to send out messages to either one of us if you want you can find us on instagram i think is our most like interactive platform it's going to be at this point and yeah i just hope you guys tune in next week we just pick these episodes by random depending on what we want to talk about that week and sometimes uh, they don't go the way we hope but sometimes <laughs> much they, like our lives yeah sometimes they go off the beaten path but you can always guarantee you'll come back on <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks for listening hey, hey fucking men Tune in to Sunday sessions next week with your girl, April and Sarah. Shout out to Matthew Mercer for all the original music pieces in this podcast.